At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 439th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is maximizing growth potential by gardening out of the box. We're talking with Garrett Hill about gardening in the 21st century. Garrett and his wife moved back to Gilbert, Arizona from Huntington Beach, California after honorably serving for 10 years of active duty in the United States Coast Guard. As native Arizonans, they both realized that their home state offered the perfect climate for gardening, and they began their urban garden using strictly grow bags. Realizing grow bags allowed them to grow vegetables, fruits, herbs, and more far beyond their maximum potential of a standard pot or raised pine box garden. They soon started their business, Urban Hills Grow Bag Gardens, with the intention of sharing with others this discovery. Their passion and drive opened doors for the new business concept that revolves around water conservation, farm-to-table gardening, and integrating technology for the 21st century. Welcome to the show today, Garrett. Are you ready to rock grow bags? Yes, sir. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. It all uh, it all started from one hobby that led to another. I was in the uh, the saltwater coral industry, growing corals in our living room. I had multiple tanks growing under lights. Everything was on a system. Everything required you know management. When we left California, came out here to Gilbert, it was just so expensive to stay in that hobby that I just wasn't even really. I wasn't too involved to really where I wanted to invest more time into it because it was really ridiculous as far as the cost of everything out here versus out in California. Uh-huh. So I sold my tanks, sold all the corals, everything to a doctor from Fountain Hills. He has them. He's probably super happy and they're probably really huge today. And then I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, my pride and joy, my energy, all that that I tunneled into those amazing tanks. I was like, I got to do something else. So right away, I uh, went on Amazon. Boom. And I started um, shopping around and I was like, hmm, let's try the grow bags. Bought my first three grow bags. There were three, I bought three 100 gallon each bags. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all began. And then I bought some, I, I bought some hydro soil, soil that was brought in from Humboldt County. And that's kind of really where it began. <laughs> so what is a grow bag? The grow bags that we use, we teamed up with a company called Root Pouch out of Portland, Oregon. They do some really awesome stuff. They're also in the cannabis world, and they also tailor to the urban gardening world. So they kind of please everybody. The line that I use is the Boxer Brown. It's UV resistant. It's non-biodegradable, and it's BPA-free, made of recycled water bottles. There's definitely a blend of some good materials in it that are non-synthetic. 
and they're just like a cloth bag? Yeah, they're amazing. They um, and they hold moisture so well. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what what I try to explain to people, it's it's like having a blanket. It's like growing plants in in a blanket. And they grow plants really well, is my yeah sense. Yeah, they grow really well, very vigorous. I think soil has a lot to do with it, more so just from my experience and probably most people that do use them. I don't use big box store brands. Everything I do use is brought in from Humboldt on 18 wheelers, literally. It is really, really quality grade. It's, it's a good blend of like perlite, some peat moss, mycorrhiza, humic acid. There's quite a bit of cocoa core in it. And I believe there might be a few other things. But um, So that's the, yeah, soil, that's the soil that goes in the bags. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's talk about the bags and why they work so well. Yeah. The bags, I mean, they drain. So everything that I have is all on PVC flood irrigation. It's all in its own separate zone. Mm-hmm. And it's tied into a Wi-Fi system. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the bag, so when everything turns on, it all turns on instantaneous from my smartphone or based on when it's programmed. I can go do it manually from my phone or it's just automatic. When it turns on... It's flooding. It's pushing out a good, you know, 10 to 12 inch spread across that grow bag because mm-hmm. each grow bag is anywhere from 24 inches across to, you know, a good three and a half, four feet. So when it's pushing out all that water, you want it to, you know, saturate, get into that soil, get those roots nice and moist, especially during the summertime here for a good, you know, I give you, you give a good soak for a good 15 minutes mm-hmm. and that's it. Boom. It's off. Drainage, that's really where it's at. I'm not dealing with native soil. I'm not having to till and turn and buy this and this tea and that, you know, right. compost and all these things. I don't I, I don't do any of that. You simply set up a Literally. bag, plant it, and, yep. and go. Wow. Yep. So set what, it and forget it. There you go. Well, and there's a whole technology <laughs> there's a whole technology background that sounds like we need to talk about too. But I'm still really curious about these grow bags. I recently found a grower of fruit trees here in the valley who is growing uh, f- citrus trees in grow bags, and he says one of the reasons that he likes them so much is because they breathe, and the and the yeah. trees don't get root bound in them. Have you have you grown bigger plants in them to see how that works? You know what? He is on par. He he understands it. He gets it. That's Part of why I am an advocate. I'm not saying, you know, everybody go buy them or whatever, but I just, I advocate for the grow back world just because the results that I have personally experienced. I've had my trees in them now in the garden for almost six years. Um, I just recently upsized them from a 15 gallon to a 35. So I'll probably easily get another probably 10, 12 years in those grow bags. Fruit, with fruit trees in them. Yeah, yeah, fruit trees. I've got guavas, mango. We've got uh, several. I've got like seven different varieties of guavas. Let's see. I've got I've got a peach cobbler, and I have a tr- uh, passion fruit mango. Uh huh. I've got in there a couple other trees. I'm trying to think here. That's that's cool. So uh, yeah, we got to get some pictures from you on these because oh yeah, uh, you know this is just something that's fairly new. The grow bag mm-hmm. thing. Uh, just, oh, it is. You know, it's been on my radar now for less than a year. It is. I say it and I do all my postings on my social media for my business. I always say, you know, 
hashtag since it's best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> nice. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on a side note, you're in Chandler, Arizona. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. We're in the same we're in the same growing zone, essentially. I have a, a somewhat of a personal question for you about mangoes. I've been trying to grow yeah. mangoes here in Phoenix for about a decade, and yeah. I've never gotten one. Have you actually harvested <laughs> mangoes? Well, I got two of them, and they're, one of them is about three years old, and the other one is right at about two. I, I had a couple, you know, little nuggets that looked like potential, mm-hmm. but then they fall off. Yeah. Our biggest problem here in Phoenix, because we've overgrown and we're just it's such a huge, fast-growing city, I believe has a lot to do with pollination. I don't see as many mm-hmm. bees as I can remember from my yeah. childhood. So bees is a huge, huge, in, uh, I should say, um, impact for the overall growing of anything tropical. You know, I've experimented and such, but I, I have a mango in the backyard here at the urban farm that's been in now. This is coming up on its fourth year. And I had that happen in year two and year three. They, you know, they set fruit, but they fell off. So I'm just curious, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always looking for what works best here. Yep. So when you get a grow, you got one of these grow bags mm-hmm. and you're putting special, special soil mixture in it. So you got a grow bag, you got the soil mixture in it. And I want to plant a garden in there. What happens next? How do we do that? So the soil that I get is brought in from Humboldt. And then um, the grow bags come in from Portland. I strategically will, you know, organize it based on however, like, say, a prime example, a client wants to do, you know, a whole buildup. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. So we'll do, I'll do a draw up and make sure everything is exactly to the customer's liking of what they want. I like tropicals. I throw in lots of tropicals. So, yeah, you literally all go pick up the tropicals, coordinate it. I have a full crew. Um, I work with the licensed and bonded um, contractor. He does commercial and residential irrigation and landscaping. So he helps me out a lot, Uh tremendously, here in the Valley. And he's with Christine Landscaping. A lot of people know of them. We do on all of our grow, yeah, on all of our setup, because I want it to mirror mine. Because, like I said, I have created something that works so well. Right. So my exact replica is what I do for all of my clients. Oh, nice. And what does the bag sit on? Does it sit right on the ground? The bag can sit on the ground or you can sit on gravel. It could sit on Hmm. pavers. It could sit on whatever you want it to sit on. Oh, cool. As long as the bag, mine's actually sitting on rock, which I think kind of contributes to the fact that it can breathe even better. Because if you put it flat onto dirt, onto ground, that that bottom portion isn't going to have as much breathe room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, our cliche soil is just like, you might as well put it on a, a mud plate. That's really what it is. Right, exactly. I'll send it to you one of these days, or maybe you actually, actually our followers can check it out on our website. I have a video, a really awesome video that I put together uh-huh. that uh, is on my webpage. And it's a full, I think it's about a two minute or so video mm-hmm. that walks you through the whole process. And you can see everything. Wow, cool. And what's your website? Growbaggardens.com. Cool. Growbaggardens.com. Yep. I hired a videographer to come out because even he had so much fun doing it. He was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. He's never seen anything like it. You know, I've noticed, I've noticed that. Channel 12 was just here earlier today doing a segment with me. And I've noticed that whenever we get the camera people out here or the, uh, you know, the anchors, the people that are on camera, they're always really interested in chickens and growing their own food. And it's, <laughs> it's, really, it's really easy to engage people in this conversation. Yeah. I'll bet you found that. Completely. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. People are going back to their roots on this one. Uh, unintended. <laughs> so what's the coolest thing you've done with a grow bag? I think I've grown so many things that the coolest thing has to be, I love my chocolate sapote. My oh. chocolate sapote is so beautiful mm-hmm. and just stunning. I think that's the coolest thing I've done with a grow bag. Wow. So is it making fruit yet? Um, I got two last, uh, four last year. We'll see what this year brings. Once again, it all boils down to those bees. Oh, yeah. Then I tell people all the time, plant lots of flowers. You know, when you totally. come when you come to the urban farm here, there's a lot in bloom here because we want those, you know, we want those pollinators to come in. Yeah. You brought up a good point too, Greg. I'm actually in the process of putting a, I'm going to pepper in some more seven gallon grow bags uh-huh. and put roses, bring in some bees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't grow roses because they're thorny. I uh, grow other kinds of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I try and stay away from the thorny stuff here at the urban farm. Okay, that's okay. So what kind of, you're, you're actually helping people install gardens. Tell me about the services that you offer. Yeah. So I come in, I provide private consultation. Somebody is looking for that next step. I mean, this isn't your everyday gardening. Literally, it's not at all. This is, this is above and beyond like your typical garden because we're not dealing with your native soil. This is, everything is brought in. So the grow bags are brought in, the soil is brought in. PVC is local, but you know, once again, it's, I'm 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 bringing together what I've mirrored to everybody else. Yeah, grow bags, hydro soils, PVC irrigation, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi controller, Wi-Fi weather system. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. The Wi-Fi controller. Did you? You're in technology, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. So you're bringing in the technology piece. Tell me about how you've automated that. Yeah. So I brought in the the communications world, the I F T T T. If this, then that world is also built into the product line of my irrigation system. Ratio is who I am uh, teamed up with. Everything that I do on all my builds is all Ratio. I love their their product. It's just what amazing. It? It's like a Maserati. Ratio? So, yeah, Ratio 3. That's the model that we use on all of our builds. Ratio 3. Look at that. A flow meter? Yep. What are these? These are... Yep. Uh, yep. Oh. It comes with a flow meter. It comes with... It's an IFTT device or smart home. You can sync it up to Google, your Alexa, um, or for those go-getters that really like IFTT, you can plug it in with that. Cool. And then this just, yeah. this just runs your water system for you. It runs everything. So I have... It's, the, the garden itself is on its own zone. It's on its own closed-loop zone with uh-huh. the flow meter. And then I have four other zones for the grass front. I have grass back, zone two, zone three is back grass. So I have two zones on the back grass. And then I have palms, tropicals, and citrus all on its other separate zone. That's the fifth zone. Hmm, cool. And, and just so people know, what's a zone? A zone is when you program your, your controller for your irrigation, there is copper zones. And those zones are tabulated to the, on a, just on a wire, and it mm-hmm. goes down to the cylinder for your valve that releases the water pressure. Right. Boom. When that controller says, yep, I'm turning on, it's going to open up that valve and it's going to start pumping that water to wherever that valve um, zone goes to. Yeah, cool. And and you always want to have your gardens on a separate zone from your fruit trees for sure. Completely, completely. Total different requirements. Once again, it goes back to management. Exactly. Wow. So I still use old old zone equipment here and one of those uh, (laughs) battery-powered things that turns my 
you know, turns my zones on and off. I need to check this out and uh, and see. It looks like it also connects in with the weather report, right? So that if it's well, raining- exactly that's uh, that's where we're going to go next. Yeah, oh, so tell me about that. I have it. Yeah, I have it. Um, it's tied into my my weather system, my ambient weather system. It's actually manufactured by a company local here in Arizona. They're in Chandler. They have a really cool device also, and it has its own Wi-Fi transmitter built into the device. You don't have to buy a hub. Like um, Accurite, you have to go buy a hub to get that Wi-Fi frequency. This device has it already built in, so it's like a one-stop shop. So I know I have it synced up. When you when I go into my settings on my Ratio 3, I'll go into the weather, the weather I think it's the weather system management portion. Mm-hmm. You can select your neighbor. If your neighbor had a, a weather system, you can select theirs. It's really awesome. Wow. Mine's in my own backyard, the one that's selected. So I know my exact microclimate. Cool. So you're automating this thing and it's become self taken care of. It's just taking care of it. It's handling it itself. Oh, completely. Completely. I just, all they do and, and people come over, they just can't believe it. Cause like I'll walk outside and I, that's all I do. I just take pictures of it and I, I look at it every day. Wow. I, I don't do anything. I just wait for everything to get ripe and then boom, start eating. Yeah. Nice. Gotta love that. And then I start eating. Awesome. So tell me about the weather system that's connected here. That sounds cool. Yeah, Greg. Um, this is a really amazing tool that really has been extraordinarily helpful with our process and getting our momentum going with even creating a, a, a business platform. It's integrated into all of my builds for everything I do gardening. The ambient weather system is actually selected as a weather device from my irrigation system. Oh, wow. So when it rains, and, and you know, when it rains, it pours here. Oh, yeah. It will actually it's going to pick it up and it's going to say, yep, it's going to know exactly how much it reads because it will tell you exactly how much it read. Mm-hmm. And it tells uh, the irrigation, we've exceeded this amount. So my exceeded amount before I ever have a skip here on in uh, just on my property is quarter inch. Got it. So if you get a quarter inch of rain, then your system turns off. Completely. Wow. If I have any wind over 10 miles an hour, it shuts off. And then the other thing was, Freezing, if you have a freeze, you can also shut it off. We've got wind, we've got rain, and I believe one of the other things that I have set up too is for temperature. So I have thresholds. When it hits um, uh, 110, I have it come on for five minutes. 115, another five minutes. And 118, another five minutes. Wow, how cool is that? I (laughs) I need to get you over here to the house. We need to talk, man. We will. Don't worry. Cause then, so that, in in your intro, this is the water-saving part. Oh, totally. Prime example, I sent a post out on my social media. For those that are following me, I got quite a few followers. On my uh, Instagram, I like to post photos and also my Facebook of my Ratchio world because I literally live in a Ratchio world. I'm, I get texts. I get emails and just part of my lifestyle. Uh-huh. So one that I just recently got was the seasonal shift. The, the system told me, hey, guess what? It's warming up. So it did a seasonal shift. Yeah. So that means it's going to water more. So it just bumped up a little bit more water without me even having to do anything. Wow. <laughs> that is nice. So what's your website? Growbaggardens.com. Cool. So if you want more information about getting a system installed here in Phoenix, go to growbaggardens.com. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Yeah, absolutely. 
I'll tell you what, Greg, the, when we uh, bought this house out here in Gilbert's, the yard was derelict condition front and back. It was just poorly maintained and I'm very, you know, hands-on and I uh-huh. like good looking yards. So I went into action. I hired a landscaper to come out and, you know, not knowing really a whole lot about irrigation. He put in the black poly line, you know, front and back, and we did separate zones and everything. That lasted two and a half years. Two and a half years of the black poly line on my drip emitters was all I got out of it. I don't think it was deep enough or whatever, but um, I had a blowout. So the blowout was actually under the driveway by one of our palms. Oh, my gosh. And I guess it, yeah. So that blowout, basically, we we were not getting water all the way to the garden and then to the backside of all of our citrus in the backyard. Mm -hmm. So I came home to a very, very dead yard after I had re-landscaped it. Mm -hmm. So to me, I learned from that. I hired somebody else to come in, and I, I did. I hired a contractor. He came in, and we separated everything. Five separate zones, all on PVC. Yes. Gardens on the flow meter, or actually everything's on flow meter. It's on one main flow meter with the ratio. That way, if I ever have a leak or anything, it's going to pick it up right away. Yeah. And it'll send me a notification. Yeah. You never want to put a polyline underneath concrete. No, it's terrible. You know, I don't wish it upon anybody, but if you can afford the PVC, it's worth every penny out here. Oh, yeah. This is Arizona. You know, it's an unforgiving and unforgettable place with with our temperatures. Yeah. So I did, I overcame it, hired the contractor. We came out, separated out the zones. And, you know, what that, my learning lesson from that is I advocate if you're going to do a a really nice yard and you really want to take care of it, I say go PVC all day long. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's PVC to the beds. And then, you know, like with your, with our garden beds, I use drip tape. Oh yeah, you could you so, could use it. You know, it's whatever you want. You know, it's just it's really not that much more expensive to run PVC. Plus, you get better p- water pressure. Way right. better. Way oh, better yeah, water yeah. pressure. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, what do you consider your biggest success? Well, I think my biggest success so far is you know starting my own business. I I had an idea of wow, this is really amazing, and I put together a business plan. I'm a small business owner, veteran owned, operating out of Gilbert, Arizona. Is this your first business? This is my first business. <laughs> Congratulations, because it sounds like it's doing pretty well. It's pretty awesome. Nice. And what drives you? What drives me every day? I have my two babies. I have my four-year-old Keaton. I have my two-month-old Connor. He was a New Year's baby, born at 12.03. Wow. And my amazing, wonderful wife, Jennifer. She's she's my anchor. She keeps me going, and it's just you know that momentum to have have my kids and understand what I do. My, my, my four-year-old loves it. He's all about the grow back garden. Like he even has his own grow back garden shirts. Like he loves them. He's nice. like, he can grow back garden. He wants to partake. Oh, cool. Well, you know what? We got to get the kids started early. Cause if, if exactly. You, yeah. If you get, if you get a young one growing food, they're going to eat it no matter what they're growing. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been out there. Keaton's been out there eating out of the garden since he was probably year, yeah, about probably a little over two. He just starts grabbing things. He doesn't even care if the tomato is green or not. He's like, oh, this is great. It's freshly grown. Exactly. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? My favorite book. Um, it actually comes from my childhood, and I actually have hard hard book copy here in my house for my kids. But it's by uh, Shel Silverstein. Oh, yes. And it is Where the Sidewalk Ends. Ooh, I've not seen that one. Tell me about it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a fantastic book of poems, 
and short stories with really cool pictures. And it really is, it's so humorous for not only adults and children, but it's very, it's, it's, it's critical thinking, which is really cool to me. Because, I mean, it's not whimsical and, you know, all fancy and pretty pictures and this and that. It's black and white. It's the real deal. Yeah. Well, Shell did a lot of that stuff. He, he wrote a lot in the 60s. Yeah. So I, I like that. I think it's a good emphasis for my kids to really think outside the box. Critical thinking, I think, is important. But they have their fun books, too. You know, their colorful ones and whatever. But we do like our, our Shel Silverstein, you know, nighttime stories. <laughs> there you go. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? If you have an idea or a goal or a dream, write it down. That's what I tell people. And roll with it. Yeah, get moving. Yeah, literally. Because nobody, nobody's going to do it for you. You have to want to do it yourself. Yeah. I've said that for years that, you know, things get done because somebody says so. And I'll tell you what, Greg, I met a lot of people in my life that, really are encouraged by a lot of things that I do mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm not one of those people. I don't wait for the ship to sail in. The ship's not going to sail in. You, you've got to navigate it, you know, and I was a navigator. I, I navigated a 110 foot ship for three and a half years. Oh, wow. I get it. Yeah. Thanks for doing that, by the way. That's uh you bet, right? You yeah, bet. Serving our country that way. Well, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Garrett. It's been a pleasure. Um, it's an honor. Uh, thank you again, Greg, yeah. for your team and taking time to, Give me the time of day and oh, yeah, you talk to the world. Uh, you know, I love to, <laughs> I love telling people stories, especially the entrepreneurial ones. So, so how can our listeners get a hold of you? I have a really cool web page that um, we got going on, and, and I have social media. I'm on Facebook, Urban Hills Grow Back Gardens. Mm -hmm. That's my business page. I also have my personal, which is Garrett Hill. That's me. And I have www.growbackgardens.com for all of our local Valley um, listeners. Awesome. Awesome. You can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash grow bag gardens. We are your urban farming resource. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and everywhere podcasts are found. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.